leader people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Hello, how are you guys going? Thanks very much again for joining me. What a pleasure and an honor. You are listening to Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud Radio Network. Once again, spreading truth and accurate information to Americans and all who want to listen and are willing to. The key is to share with you guys information that will keep you informed with us balanced, trustworthy, highest quality information that you could be informed for your decision making because as you know we continue to fight against far left globalist media outlets working around the clock to cancel us so I really wanted to thank uh, this Liberty Hour this uh, America Out Loud radio network and this Liberty Hour that I have um, but Malcolm, particularly for what he has done in allowing us to um, to showcase trustworthy information for you, but making it available and actually allowing it to happen is a, is a crucial step. It's not that simple. It's a lot of hard work, long hours going going on behind the scenes. So these people need a lot of appreciation. Um, I just wanted to remind you. That um, you can always find me on my Substack, which is Alexander COVID News. That is A L E X A N D E R with a space COVID with a space news. I want to get into some topics uh, today. One of them is Damar Hamlin. I know we've spoken about this before. That's that Buffalo Bills NFL player. And um, look, it could sound controversial to some but I am a controversial individual. The reality is that, to me, it was a grave mistake by the NFL and any other any other team and leagues to not enforce testing for myocarditis in their players, particularly their vaccinated players, which are the majority, before allowing them back onto the playing field. Why? Why would I say that? Well, because many of them would have silent myocarditis, and that's the issue. The issue is that Often myocarditis presents with no symptoms. And um, you could go onto the field to play. And with the sudden rush of adrenaline, catecholamines like dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, etc. If your heart, the myocardium is, is damaged, so vaccine-induced myocardial scarring from a previous COVID shot, um, you could be at risk because that could put stress on the heart. That could, you could incur cardiac arrest. And um, with Damar, as I said, thank God that he has survived and um, he's doing well, it appears, based on his report. But once no one has told us about his vaccine status, to me, it points to vaccine. And they are ashamed 
of what they did to him. The league is ashamed. People in his life are ashamed for mandating it, the governments, but particularly the league and the NFL. And they're scared silent, so they know what they did to this guy. And they know that they have that vaccine inside of themselves too. And they are likely also vaccine injured with myocardial scarring. If vaccine status, here's the argument, is not shared, we have to keep it on the table and assume it is due to the vaccine. It has to be ruled out for us to not consider it in the, sequelae, in the sequence of events. And if they are not talking about it, it's because they don't want you to think about it. The reality is that the only thing we seem to know about Damar is that he has survived, again, thank God. And really it has to do with the rapid medical field response that day in that game. Yet we can argue that this was in place due to the already known concerns about the vaccine. So when we saw the team coming out, the response back, um, the, the response team, medical team coming out and pumping up his chest and doing a host of things to keep him alive and get him breathing him. Because remember, they were giving him CPR for about 10 minutes. He was clinically, technically dead on that field. They brought him back. And the question is, why was that medical support so extensive and so good? You've never seen anything like that. It could be that they knew that they already had plans in place for players who would drop like that. That's something I want you to think about. Um, but we are told that he seems to be okay now and in good spirits. We also learned that he's also not fully recovered, which is an issue, and is still weak and needs supplemental oxygen, which to someone who understands his issues may also be a clue as to what happened to him. He has incurred serious damage, likely lifelong. I don't think he will ever be able to play football again at that level. I heard that he needs this support via New York Buffalo media stations. I was driving and I heard them explaining this. So what, what, what are we to make from all of this though? We have no information of his vaccine status, how many he got, which ones, when he got them, when he got the boosters, not even from him, which is very odd. It's my view. I'm sharing with you what I think. Look, in this era of died suddenly and COVID vaccine era, how could we hear nothing about his vaccine status? It almost seems as if he was discouraged from talking about it. And anyone with access to him has also been discouraged from asking about it. Nothing about the actual diagnosis. What this, what his diagnosis was. Can you think about that? This high profile player. All of this has happened, dropped on the field, all that we've been through for the weeks, the couple of weeks, etc. 24-7, CNN, all the news stations, yet no one is telling us what his diagnosis is. No doctor could come to the, to the podium and tell us why, why that happened. You're not getting it from him, and we're not getting it from other sources. Why? Nothing about which test they ran and what was found. Not from him, not from other sources. Although this is private information, and, and, and I want to be clear about that. This is private information, but this is the COVID era. This is the died suddenly era. And it's almost a public health imperative that between Damar and his family or the medical team, they should tell us because other people need to take safeguards. And while we have to respect the privacy, often the person that suffered the injury tends to reveal us this information. 
It is not unusual that the healthcare authorities also release some limited information even when a public figure is involved like this. For example, since Jeremy Renner got into his accident, we are getting updates every day, a fair bit of information. Why? So why it's coming at us from Renner, but we can't hear anything about Hamlet? It feels like there might be more to this story. Normally, if there wasn't more to the story, there would be more information because there would be nothing to cover up. I think this is very odd. That's why I brought it to you again, because I want you to think about it. And, um, you know, it's a very difficult thing because other players looking on, the nation looking on, young people, those who have suffered from the vaccine, etc. We want people to be honest and truthful. But it seems also because to keep the narrative going between the governments, the health agencies, etc., they're still lying to the public. I am trying to say that no NFL team or the league or no sports league should allow any players back onto the field unless myocarditis has been ruled out. And you might say, well, you know, win the playoffs, maybe the last four or five games. That's true. But even in the offseason, we need to track this properly because we need to see if any of these players who are ultimate athletes, if they encounter any damage and problems during the offseason. I wanted to talk about the reports that the Supreme Court is unable to find the person who leaked the court's opinion on um, Roe versus Wade. Remember that situation some months ago? And um, Jonathan Tully, that senior um, lawyer, very brilliant individual in my opinion, Washington-based, etc., he has weighed in and he said the Supreme Court's inability to find the person. Because the Supreme Court has reported the last few days that in their finding from their investigation, their finding is that they can't find the person who leaked it. In a closed system, in a closed Supreme Court system, they are telling you they don't know who did it and they can't find it. To me, that's bogus and a lie. That's a pure, bold-faced lie. Their inability... To find the person who leaked the opinion is almost as chilling as the leak itself. And Turley, Turley Jonathan Turley, that's T-U-R-L-E-Y, said so. To me, this is just cover-up silencing. They know who it is. They must know. After eight months of investigating, the Supreme Court was unable to discover who leaked the Dobbs versus Jackson's Jackson Women's Health Organization opinion. Again, to me, this is a lie and damages the court's um the way we look at the court. Tully said specifically um, his exact words. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, what he's saying is that this inability by the Supreme Court is almost as chilling as the leak itself. And after having 100 interviews with court employees, all sorts of documents, forensic examinations, all the computers, etc., they say they can't find out who leaked it. Well, you heard it from me. That's a lie. That's bogus. That cannot be true. Um, 
what I wanted to also talk about is a, a very interesting study that was published recently and um, by the Daily Cloud people, um, which is Dr. Naomi Wolf's group, that they that Pfizer and the FDA and CDC hid proven harms to male sperm quality. So we're talking about affecting male fertility. So hid information on testes function uh, in terms of how they responded to the mRNA, the ingredients of the vaccine. And um, I think it's a very important read because that particular publication by the by Daily Club, Naomi Wolf's team, actually showcases a lot of important information because particularly for men, because you know the focus tends to be on women and on and, and, and the fertility in women. But men seem to always be overridden, uh, forgotten. And um, I think that is not good. And uh, we saw in the Pfizer documents, the Jap from Japanese biodistribution study, that, that when they injected the vaccine, and we didn't know this until we pulled, we got, look, long and short of it was, Pfizer wanted to sell vaccine in Japan. The Japanese government asked them for some tests. They didn't produce the test. They told the Japanese government that the vaccine is safe. Japanese government flipped them the bird and said, we don't believe you. You need to produce some tests for us to see. So the Japanese government asked them to do a biodistribution, bioaccumulation study, which basically is inject. And let's see where the content of the vaccine goes. You say it stays at the injection site in the arm, just drains to the local lymph drainage node, um, um, conducts the immune response, and everything is fine. Actually, that did not happen. And they used mice. And in this study, biodistribution study, and what they found was that, um, shockingly, when they injected the mice in the injection site in the arm, the content of the vaccine, including the lipid nanoparticles, the mRNA that's inside of it, so the payload, uh, they stayed at the injection site, the bolus right there, but a large portion of it drained to the local lymph drainage node, entered the lymph system and the blood circulation. And they found that the lipid nanoparticles, and, and, and of course, if the lipid nanoparticle is there, then the messenger RNA inside of it will be there. And then one can also extrapolate that the spike protein that is produced will also be there. And what they found was tremendous accumulation in the adrenal glands, in the liver, um, in the testes of the male rats, and uh, the ovaries of the female rats, etc. So it, it, that is the one uh, distribution study, etc., that caused a lot of turmoil globally for Pfizer and it opened our eyes that um, everything Pfizer said, and even Moderna and FDA about the vaccine was a lie. We began to understand the extent of the lie. And um, that's a very serious issue because now we know that that um, we're getting a lot of reports of the vaccine and the content of the vaccine crossing the placental barrier. So for for, for pregnant um, women who give birth, we're finding spike protein, et cetera, in the breast milk. Uh, so, so we have a lot of concerns. The lipid nanoparticles seem to be able, and it itself is very toxic with the 
the structural components in it seem to be able to go all over the body in places that we wouldn't expect this to go. And very stable and long-term. And uh, it is a huge, huge problem. The lipid nanoparticle platform is deadly and dangerous. I want to um, taper off this segment of America Out Loud, reminding you that the America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeart Radio Network. You can also listen on our media player from any browser, anywhere, anywhere. And all of my shows, as, I, as I've shared before, they go to, to, to um, these talk shows, go to podcasts the next day. You can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and I have podcasts. Um, you could also get all your latest podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at America Out Loud under our shows or schedule and look for the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour. Remember also, you can find me in my, on my Substack, my daily blog. It's called Alexander Space COVID Space News. I also have a website that I run called drpaulalexander.com. No caps, no spaces. That's D-R-P-A-U-L-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R.com. If you want to give me any support, it is greatly appreciated in this era of cancer. You could do that via Zell, Z-E-L-L-E, and look for the email. Go to the email, sr7283 at gmail.com. I also ask you to consider the book that I wrote called Presidential Takedown. That's Presidential Takedown. You can get it at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And it's about how Fauci and Burks work to conspire to topple President Trump and prevent his re-election. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Let me tell you, this is an innovation. The Genesis Fogger uses HOCl. This is a form of hypochlorite. This is a powerful disinfectant uh, that is tried and true. It's for sure kills SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, but many other pathogens, including bacterial as well as uh, mycofungal pathogens, enter the Genesis Fogger. It is a powerful mister. It's a dry mist, and it does cleanse the air. It does uh, have a tremendous uh, disinfectant capability for the room. It's used for industrial purposes uh, and elsewhere, but now it's brought to you in your home to better defend you against SARS-CoV-2, the virus, COVID-19, as well as a host of other pathogens. So if you go to uh, the uh, promotional code and enter in, out loud, you can receive a discount off of your first purchase. So go to the Genesis Fogger website and take a look at it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol. 
which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Hey, welcome back to the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour. Thank you again for joining. And I'll remind you once again about the wonderful work by Malcolm and the uh, America Out Loud platform and all it does to spread freedom and liberty information to all those willing to listen. Um, I will talk a little bit more at the end of this uh, segment about a company that I support called The Wellness Company. You can find them at twc.health, broad range of nutraceuticals, etc. And um, what I wanted to talk to you today, a series of issues that I think are important. One of them is J- Jacinda Ardern. Remember, she's the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and she's announced suddenly that she's retired. I'm saying this lady as Prime Minister, like the Prime Minister of Australia, Britain, etc., Canada, they did devastating things to the public and hurt the public and the population. Many people died because of their COVID policies. So I don't want her to just be able to resign. We must take her to a courthouse. She can't be allowed to. Take her to a courthouse and put her on trial, proper trial, with all her defense and everything before she goes forward. Because she did wrong, lots of wrong. And in my opinion, People like her need to be investigated with criminal negligence on the table. These people killed our people with their lockdown lunacy and must must not be allowed to simply resign. If courts, proper judicial inquiries and, and, pub, and public inquiries show that they really caused the death of innocent people, healthy people ordinarily, with their lockdown lunacy and their vaccines, we need to take all of their money and jail as many of them as we can. Yes, I just said so. Put them in jail. They can't be allowed to just walk away. They did a lot of wrong, and they must be held accountable. It cannot be that these people could just ride off into the sunset. Um, what I want to talk to you about is that um, this issue about President Trump, I want to bring it up again, because I'm having this very serious discussion with some colleagues, some other scientists that my argument is that he was greatly misled by Fauci and Burks, the deep state, and all the alphabet agencies, CDC, NIH, FDA, NIAID, and um, rhinos, etc., and many in his administration that worked for his administration, along with the Democrats. The thing about it is that recently I saw him with um, Bill O'Reilly, they did a show together and they were talking about they taking the vaccine and the boosters and stuff. I found his remarks 
continued remarks in support of the lockdowns and these COVID vaccines, these gene shots, to be very concerning because you couldn't be further from the mark and you couldn't be listening to somebody who supports him more than I. But those remarks were devastating. What I'm trying to say, though, I'm trying to tread the needle here. I'm trying to say that somebody has to take hold of him and try to explain to him how badly he was misled, how wrong the lockdowns and vaccines went, how much harms they caused. They, they weren't successful. And then he needs to stop this. He needs to stop saying this. And he needs to take take ownership. I, I'm trying to say he remains the best person for the job. For me, between him and DeSantis, I want him to become president again. I think he needs a second shot. All things considered, there's no one better positioned and capable currently of getting back into Washington, in D.C., and tearing that place up. Tearing it up. Stripping everything down figuratively. Turning it upside down figuratively. Firing everyone purposely. He has to, but there's no one. Look, I supported Porter Strom because I knew of the great things he did on January, February 2020. He was on pace to be the greatest president of the United States, greatest the U.S. ever had. And remember, he, he was unstoppable and he did good. He did real good for all groups, women, minorities, Latinos, Blacks, etc. Everyone, everyone was working. There was a lot of progress. And, and you were happy, January, February 2020, um, especially his foreign policy accomplishments. Remember, the first two years of Trump's presidency, 20, um, I would say 2017, 2018, uh, were devastating failures because of Paul Ryan. He was the Speaker of the House, and he did everything he could to thwart and to damage Trump legislatively. So you have to write off the first two years. Trump couldn't get a wall. He couldn't get anything. The fourth year was pandemic, which was a disaster. Trump really made his accomplishments in the third year. He laid the groundwork in year one and two. With no help from Ryan and, and Mitch and all of these dangerous people. But he should only be judged on one year, year three. And if you judge Trump on one year, you really put in perspective what he accomplished in one year, in 12 months. What Obama couldn't do in eight years. What George Bush couldn't do in eight years. What, what all presidents couldn't do. That's the thing. He did more for blacks than Obama did in eight years. Trump did in one year. So the thing is, I, I don't, I'm not making an excuse for Trump. And I'm not saying any amnesty for him or for anyone. They all must explain their actions and be held to account. Truth is, you know from listening to me and reading my writing, I've been very hard on him, as I too praise his accomplishments. But his recent comments on the vaccine troubled me greatly, as did many of you I know. I know you're concerned. I recognize there are aspects of this that we don't know as to why he's still saying this. Um, but it is, in, it is devastating, and he needs to step forward to me a culpa and express his empathy and failure urgently. Look, he has to disown the lockdowns and the fraud deadly gene injections. You may, you may think you know what you're doing, and you may want to do so many things, but in the end, you end up not. And in the end, you couldn't do it, and you were wrong. You think the decisions you make are the best ones, but they aren't.
and they turned out to be flat wrong. And that's what happened to Trump. He made mistakes. And he has to be able to say, I made mistakes. You couldn't make these catastrophic errors and blunders and still not own up to them and try to tell us that they were successful when we lived the implications and the ramifications of your decisions. Your decisions that you let Fauci and Burks make, they led your lockdown. And we were the one who lived it and we were the one who got harmed. For, for him to stand up continuously to praise the vaccine in lockdown is foolhardy and it damages his, his capacity to win re-election. Because I can guarantee you the DeSantis team are waiting in the wings to begin to separate themselves from Trump in terms of this the pandemic response, the lockdowns, the vaccine, everything. And they're going to hang it on him. The media is going to destroy him shortly. They're going to blame the Democrats in the media are going to blame Trump for the vaccine deaths. He needs to step forward and punish them and tell them how much he was misled. He needs to do that. He will get a lot of support. I continue to argue that he's devastated by Fauci in the deep state with the lockdown madness. And I really want him to come forward now to disown the lockdowns and the vaccine. I do not think there's anyone else on tap. When I think about this upside down, all different ways, there's no one else available who is capable of righting the wrongs in Washington, in America. He is needed. He needs to get back to Washington and tear up that place and jail many, many, many of them with a proper justice department to report to him properly. And he has to begin by shutting down two of the alphabet agencies entirely. Just shutting two of them. So out of the CDC, NIH, FDA, and NIAID, two of them must go. They want in the first hour. Then in the la in the second two that remain, fire 100, including the directors, top down. And across all the other agencies in government. And the Department of Education, a waste of time. Close it down. Close it down complete. Put everybody in some other job somewhere in the government. Shut it down. Um, what I would do is I would put the CDC and the FDA on Alcatraz. I would open back Alcatraz, that prison, for them and put them there. And I'd also consider finding a location 200 miles north, northern part of Alaska. I would put the CDC and the FDA. I want to make life for those deep state civil servants for what they have done Americans. And I was there. I know how they operate. I would make life very difficult for them. Let them for once work for their salaries and get the right power to fire them on spot, on the spot. This is what President Trump needs to do. He needs to make sure that he gets the legislative, the legal authorities to um to 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 to, to fire them. Because they are. They have done a lot of wrong to the to the American people, you know. And um, I, 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 I would not be easy on them for what they have done. Um, it's about who is best able and capable to run the government and to right the wrongs. And think about it. Who could best tear up the swamp and to enact the kind of vengeance? You see, we need somebody who's been hurt by them, who could come at them hard 
and to get the accountability they needed. And the only person who could hit the floor running is Trump. And I know we're all human beings and we need to explain things and it's up to the nation then to accept or not. Look, in the final analysis, the American people decide if they want Trump or not. But I think it's dead on arrival if he doesn't disown the lockdowns and the vaccine, particularly the vaccine. The vaccine has been so devastating. It has hurt so many Americans terribly. And um, it is about time that he steps up. I want to also talk about the FBI raid um, on Trump and Mar-a-Lago in the past and now the failure of the FBI to raid Biden. I think this is crazy. It shows us a double standard uh, justice system in America. I want the FBI to raid Biden, raid all his houses like how they did Trump. Bring them all out in lights like how they did. You know? No puff searches. We don't want no search by justice, people. We want search by the FBI. We want a full raid. Same 30 FBI agents. And extensive search of all of his Biden's home. Now we're learning that every day, more and more, it's not even by the Corvette, it's, it's in every house. And it raises, it's getting very terrible for Biden because because it raises very serious questions. Because it, as as a senator, as a vice president, my understanding of the of the rules, etc., on the law, is that he was not entitled to hold any of those classified documents, not keep them near him. So here's the question, and the questions I'm gonna pose here, very, very troubling. Was present present President Biden today, who was then Vice President Biden, was Senator Biden, was he selling access? Do you understand that question? I believe Hillary Clinton sold access on those emails, that silver, with all those emails for money. That's the kind of money whores that they are. Was Biden selling access? What were the content of it? Did it involve Obama? Was Biden selling access for Obama or with Obama? Who was in those documents? Did it have anything to do with Iran? Iran's nuclear program? America's control on it? Controls? Did it have anything to do with Ukraine? Do those documents have anything to do with Hunter? Was he selling access to China? Was it such that was someone selling access? Was Hunter selling access? Why would Hunter be renting that house for $50,000 from his father? Did all of them decide we're going to make money or we're going to sell American secrets and um, top class and high security information, classified information? Why not? This is what it looks like to me. If you ask a stupid person right now and tell them all of the pieces of this puzzle, they will tell you what I'm telling you. Somebody in the Biden clan, in the Biden orbit, potentially Hunter as the lead, was selling access to information, classified and This is treason crap. This is serious, serious crap here. In other words, you couldn't come to the White House wherever to find it in a skip somewhere, but we're going to get those documents into our house. Hunter going to rent it for 50000 a month. 
And you just had to, this was a pay-to-play scheme, pay-to-play. You pay, pay via donations to the, to the campaigns and to them. Big money, you need to follow the donations. Then you could come and pay to play. You could come and view the documents, especially if it related to you. So if you owe Iran or China, etc., come and see. Take pictures of them even. You can't take them. Did Was this what was happening? Did Hunter arrange for them to be placed there? And he sold the access. In other words, was it that Biden didn't touch it for plausible deniability? Yet, Everybody was involved, knew it was Hunter was putting it there and Hunter sold access, but everybody was making money. Everyone knew, including the Obamas. So did Hunter and they let people from other nations, example, remember Fang Fang, the Chinese spy with Swalwell? She could have come and read them. Who was selling secrets that Biden knew and hence wanted in on the money, so he was charging Big money. Some say 50000 per month for his son to rent the place. I mean, this all sounds so insane on first blush. And I caution, we do not know much of this. But let's stand back and think. It is getting very troubling. Were people allowed into those houses where these documents were held to view the classified information? And to do that, then they paid the Bidens money and the Obamas. Because Biden, when he was VP, it involved Obama. Was it because of Iran's nuclear? What about the drone that Obama gave them? Remember Obama? Obama approved a drone to land in Iran. What about the two naval gunships that ran aground in the Persian Gulf? Obama gave them that, gave Iran that to turn around and attack America. I, I, you know, you know, I'm blunt. It's to turn around and attack American soldiers in time. And Israel also. That's how I look at it. Until you, it's like the vaccine. Until you prove to me that Damar Hamlin didn't get vaccinated, he was vaccinated. And he did fall due to the vaccine. That's how you have to think. We want full raise by the FBI. We want this properly answered. Look, let me taper off this segment. I support the wellness company. That's TWC.health. Go to TWC.health. You could find a range of un- uncensored content, medical, medical doctors available to you. They can give you virtual appointments and they're not scared to follow protocols, give you um, uh, exemption letters. You can fill your prescriptions, etc. cetera. Um, work supplements and healthcare products. Um, go to twc.health. Don't forget my substack, Alexander COVID News. Thank you very much. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. 
For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. A plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Hey, welcome again. This is the uh, third segment. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud Radio Network. Huge shout out again, huge shout out to uh, Malcolm and this America Out Loud platform for the tremendous work he's doing and this platform and, and allowing persons like myself to showcase and to bring to you information and data and science and not just from the COVID world because life is more than COVID. COVID is a small part of our world, even though it destroyed our world for three years and how they responded. But I'm, I'm also touching on the political side of things and just giving you my view on issues. But it's important that I don't forget people like Malcolm and uh, this platform because had it not been for him, major players like myself, Dr. Peter McCullough, Tom Renz, etc., the Bregans, these people wouldn't have the voice to reach marvelous audiences like you, critical thinking Americans, flyover America, hardworking Americans who really are the, the bones and the backbone of this country, paying your taxes, loving flag and border. I'm very proud to be here. So I wanna talk about some issues today. I found one very important, and I'll wax in between COVID and just my views on a lot of issues. One important thing was our evangelical leaders who supported Trump. I think um, one of them, the news is reporting that Reverend Franklin Graham, and I know you know who that is. He's one of the United States' most prominent evangelical leaders, probably in the world. And he supports President Trump and he supported him throughout. But, but the news is saying, and I want to go and see if I can find and make sure if this is true or not, that he will not be supporting anyone. It's not that he's supporting DeSantis. Word is that he's supporting no one. And, uh, you know, his decision not to endorse during the primary isn't a big decision. It's an easy decision based on news that he's saying. He's saying that I'm just not going to get involved in supporting this one over that one. Let's just let the people decide. And when the dust is settled, I'll make a decision on, at that point. I like that. So what he's saying is he don't want to put his thumb on the scale in the primary. He wants a primary for us to decide who we're putting up to back, and then he will rally behind. I like that. I think that's um that's actually a very uh, mature, mature and um actually is very informative. I think for me. Um, 
I also wanted to touch on uh, this issue about George DeSantis. Um, George Santos, the, um, the congressman from New York. Look, it seems that his woes are piling up, financial woes, all kinds of problems, and the issue about him being a drag queen, etc. As I tried to say before, um, I'm a heterosexual male, uh, right of center, I would say libertarian, alpha, um, but I have no problem with, with George. In fact, I would argue that show me a Republican in Congress or in the Senate, or show me a Democrat who has a cleaner life than George. Show me one of them with a proper resume. They all lie. Every Republican can't have a proper resume. I know. Every senator, Republican or Democrat. So they are being disingenuous, duplicitous, and they're liars going after the guy over his resume. If the guy could do the job better than them, leave the guy alone. Now, we're getting all these stories of drag and photos. and What about Zelensky? They are the leader of Ukraine, Vladimir, whatever you call him. Have you seen the videos of him in drag, in pumps, and let up tight pants, dancing away and cavorting? Why, why aren't they um, concerned about him? He's running Ukraine. He's in war against Russia. But he could be dragged, etc. I say leave George alone. Let's see what the guy could do in the, in, in the Congress. I think they fear that he could be actually more potent and more pivotal than them. I think recent polls are showing that in a matchup between Trump and Biden, Trump pummels Biden. That's good news. That's good news. Um, let's see if those polls hold firm. And um, what we also need to see is how does Trump match up to DeSantis? Um, we are having a lot of information. Let me shift a little bit to, um, to COVID. There was a recent study just out by Miller et al., M-I-L-L-E-R, published in New England Journal of Medicine. I put out a substack, a blog, last night. Remember my blog, the address is Alexander COVID News. Alexander Space COVID Space News. Please follow me on my Substack, and it's free. And uh, there's a small, modest yearly fee if you want to play as a means, as a gift, as a support uh, to myself, because, you know, persons like myself have lost our income. I, I, I lost my positions, jobs, two positions were taken away because I worked with President Trump. It was told clearly to me. So I was canceled in that regard. I lost my post at the university, et cetera, because of my anti-COVID vaccine against the vaccine, particularly in children, and my support. In fact, I was critical in the formulation of the early treatment uh, with Dr. McCullough, the lead, and Zelenko, which I've been always grateful for. Um, <clears throat> please check out my substack. Anyway, and so there's more bad news for the COVID gene injection vaccine because this study is showing substantial, significant neutralization escape uh, by the variants, the BQ1.1 and XB1. Um, that shows us, I mean, I don't want to get too technical here, but I know you're very smart people listening, and you know exactly what I'm talking about now, you're critical thinkers. And you guys in the general public, 
have more immunology and virology expertise today and vaccinology expertise than, than our damn doctors. They're so stupid. They're incompetent and inept. And they come to me and they write me and they whisper to me when I go to rallies and they walk up and they say, Paul, you know, we only got like two hours virology in medical school. We never even did a proper epidemiology course, blah, blah, blah. And I'm shocked constantly. And it happens across all states. This has to fix and this has to change. But you in the public understand. You understand early treatment better than even the doctors, how to dose the overlapping epidemiology, the overlapping stages of COVID, etc., infection. You know, the, the viral replication stage, the, the hyperinflammatory cytokine storm, florid pneumonia stage, uh, that ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome phase, and the third crucial, devastating phase, which really contributes to end-stage COVID, which is a blood clotting phase, where there's microtrombi across blood, the, the, the system. COVID, remember COVID, end-stage and organ failure, COVID is really uh, a blood clotting disorder, less than a respiratory illness. It's, it's, it's the blood clots, uh, particularly due to the vaccine, that's a catastrophic problem. Anyway, what this study by Miller is showing us is, is clear evidence of what we call original antigenic sin. So very simply, what that means is your initial exposure or prime dictates the recall to the new, to the pathogen you're now exposed to. So for example, if your first exposure, I'm going to explain it this way. If your first exposure to a pathogen in the environment, first time your immune system sees a microbe, a virus, a particular virus, anyone, <clears throat> that natural exposure immunity that it will build, uh, it builds an immune response to that pathogen. And that is what we call the initial exposure, initial prime. Whether you get it from exposure or from vaccine, the immune response that is built is set for life to that particular pathogen. So if you are exposed again to something similar to it or something similar, the recall antibodies that your immune system, based on immunological memory, uh, uh, memory B cells, memory T cells, etc., the antibody response, the, the cellular, so the humoral and the cellular response will be to the initial prime. And that's why there's been a problem and a devastating failure with these vaccines, these COVID gene injection vaccines. Because when you took the shot, your immune system built antibodies. What's inside the vaccine initially was the Wuhan legacy strain. That's what your antibodies built an immune response to. Everything after that were subvariants, sub and clades, which were variations. But your immune system, when you bumped up, so that was Wuhan. But when you bumped up um, um, Delta, all of the variants. Omicron, all of the variants, now uh, XBB1, 1.1, etc., BQ1, BQ1.1, etc. Your immune system calls up first and potently the antibodies to Wuhan. They cannot, that's a mismatch to the current circulating variant. That is why there's viral immune escape and what we call an original antigenic sin, where the, the, the response is to the original exposure or prime, be it from 
infection or be it from vaccine and 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 the result is viral immune escape in other words the the virus is able the variant is able to evade the immune response so there's escape to the antibodies and you'll become infected um we also call that in immunological terms immune priming or immune fixation or immune imprinting so i want you to keep clear that all of these terms mean the same thing um immune prejudicing again the prejudice is a lean towards the initial prime exposure that's what this study is showing it's showing that the bq 1.1 which is predominant and the xbb1 variants reduces the efficacy of the current vaccines they have failed the vaccines do not work there's viral immune escape <clears throat> so uh, you can see that in my substack if you want. I went into a lot of our uh, explanations. But the bottom line is these vaccines are showing us. Here's what you need to understand. If your friend Johnny or Susie comes over for dinner and they say, well, tell us what you think are the things that are wrong. There are really five problems today now over these last two years with these COVID gene injections. Devastating problems that have contributed to pure failure. One. At a basic, these gene injection mRNA or DNA platform, whether it is the mRNA or the, or the viral, the, the uh, adenoviral vector platform, <clears throat> which introduced it first as DNA, bottom line is the, the business end of what all of these vaccines are doing is generating spike protein or resulting in the spike protein that your immune system builds a response to. But one of the key problems is these vaccines cause severe, significant adverse effects. Bleeding, blood clotting, myocarditis, paralysis, and anaphylaxis. Like you have shock to the peg polyethylene glycol in the uh, structural component, the outer casing of the lipid nanoparticle, etc. Including death. You can die. We see when we look at the death curves that a huge bunch of people who die post-shot happens in the first couple of days post-shot accumulating about the fifth, sixth day. So that's the first huge spike. Then we see at about five to six months after another spike in deaths. So there are two, two, two spikes in deaths post-vaccine. Immediate, then around the first week there, and about five to six months. Second major problem is that that I mentioned earlier. There's clear original antigenic sin, which means that the recall antibodies are to the initial vaccine or exposure you had. Um, viral immune escape or immune fixation. We're seeing evidence now of tolerance where I think I've spoken to you about a study I had posted on Substack um, to do with class switch to the IgG4. You know, uh, the IgG uh, antibodies, there are four classes of antibodies, subclasses, IgG1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, IgG4 is focused more on tolerance and those are the antibodies that gets induced when you get exposed to things like um, bee pollen and a bee sting, et cetera. Um, it, it, it involves you tolerating, that your system tolerates the noxious toxin that you're exposed to. In other words, so that over time, it wouldn't overwhelm you, it wouldn't kill you, et cetera. We are seeing tolerance now. In other words, the argument we are making is there's this class switch. There was a paper, I think the author was Urgan, I-R-R-G-A-N-G. They wrote a paper and this class switch is a problem 
because it's it's beginning to tell us that if there is tolerance, that the more shots, what we are seeing is the more doses of this vaccine, this COVID vaccine, mRNA that you take, the more tolerance. That's a huge problem. That means that we get into a point where if you took the shot, there will be no immune response, zero. This is doing you took water. Um, there's a there's a substantial risk also of the vaccinal antibodies subverting the innate antibodies in young children. So they will not be properly trained to educate their immune system. And those children will be at risk if you vaccinated them to autoimmunity, autoimmune diseases. Um, I also wanted to tell you there's a fourth problem with these vaccines is viral, uh, the driving of infectious variants. As long as you vaccinate across all these groups, mass vaccinate into, into the teeth of a pandemic, when there's massive infectious pressure, the result is selective, selective pressure on the target antigen, which means infectious variant after infection. Remember, the, the, um, the antibodies are targeting the infectiousness of the virus, which is the spike protein, specifically the receptor binding domains, which are the binding sites on the spike. You're, but note, I've also spoken about another binding site that seems to be very attractive to the antibodies called the N-terminal domain <clears throat> that the vaccinal antibodies are binding to. And the fifth problem is um, the reality is that we are finding that some seminal work by Fantini et al., Liu et al., Yahi et al. has shown us that the vaccine is given the virus properties it did not prior have. It's given it a elevated infectivity such that the vaccinated is becoming infected with the virus at elevated levels. That's why all around you, your friends are becoming infected. And um, I can't go into that here, the biochemistry, but I wanted to mention that. Look, let me tape off this segment by reminding you, please go to my substack, Alexander COVID News. You will find everything that I say there in much more detail, uh, Alexander COVID News. Uh, my website is drpaulalexander.com, drdrpaulalexander.com, no caps, no spaces. If you wanted to provide me any support and, you know, persons like myself, uh, Renz, McCullough, we all need support. You could go to Zell, Z-E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, and my email is sr7283.com. Any support would be appreciated. sr7283 at gmail.com. Sorry. The email is sr7283 at gmail.com. Remember my book, Presidential Takedown? You can find it at Barnes & Nobles or Amazon, where I wrote that Fauci, Burks, CDC, NIH, they conspired to topple President Trump. They worked against him. Please consider the book. Thank you.